Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Attention BetMGM customers. Have a friend who loves sports as much as you do? Here's a chance for both of you to earn a $50 bonus when they sign up through BetMGM's Refer-A-Friend program. Just sign into your BetMGM account and click on the Refer-A-Friend program to send your friend a message inviting them to register a new account in the same state you use BetMGM in. Once your friend signs up and makes a deposit, they'll receive a $50 bonus. And once your friend places a bet with their bonus and the wager is settled, you'll receive a $50 bonus as well. Share the excitement and get a $50 bonus every time you refer a friend to BetMGM. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Ohio only. New and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire in 30 days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Hi folks, welcome to another episode of Film Study. This is Ken McCusick talking about the second half of our roster evaluation on the bye week. Uh, now the offense, again, here to join me, Brian McFarland. Brian, thanks so much for coming on. Tell people where they can talk football with you. Sure. Um, I'm uh, Raven Salary Cap on Twitter. I try to, uh, every time something happens that affects the cap, I try to get the information out as quickly as we have details on it. And certainly during uh, February, March, and April, that's kind of the, the hot time. And then uh, my Sour Cap articles are on Russell Street Report. 
um, and uh, also is all of our cap information. So there's a quick, easy summary to see there when you need it. And then if you want to look up a player's contract, um, that's there as well. And just the cap breakdown for, uh, for the present year and future years as well. The best source for cap information there is, and for in particular for nuances about the CBA and, and cap questions that come up with that, I've appreciated always having you available on Twitter. And I, I encourage folks to go ahead and ask these questions because Brian answers them pretty quickly. And, and uh, you know, it's, it's part of the, the, the gig is, is sure. his questions. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's let's go ahead and do this by our by our uh, tried and true formula here, dividing the, the team up into five groups. And we look at the offense, of course, the offense into the five groups of players, the young producers, guys on their first rookie contracts, giving the most value relative to cap uh, your uh, developmental players who are uh, still on their rookie deals, but they haven't quite made it as starters yet. So you're still hoping, but they're not quite there. You have your veterans playing for market value. You have your veteran cap value concerns. And then you have a group of transitional players who are may or may not be around uh, a year from now. So uh, uh, anyway, those, uh, those are the five categories. Always start off with the, the young producers group, the offense blessed with more uh, young producers. The defense only has really four guys that fall into this category. The offense has seven. Unfortunately, two of them are hurt. But I'll, I'll go through the names really quickly that I have on the group. Rashad Bateman, Bradley Bozeman, Marquise Brown, J.K. Dobbins, Lamar Jackson, Patrick McCary, and Ben Powers. Anybody, first of all, anybody you feel differently about in this group? Um, no, I think um, yeah, I mean, I think that's, yeah, I mean, looking at the developmental guys, I, I, I see I mean, the only one maybe it just because of his kick returning ability might be Duvernay, um, and because he's a third round pick, so he's not terribly expensive. But uh, and he's and he's obviously shown more in the offense, at least as a receiver. He was really good on those jet sweeps last year, which I don't think we've seen one of those with him this year, have we? Or there's been there was one sort of toss one, but it wasn't the one where he where Lamar turned around and just handed it to him. We saw a lot of those last year. J.K. Dobbins had a lot of those last yeah. year too. I don't know yeah, why they've taken that out, but maybe there's something they're seeing on the defenses or that they're figuring out or aware of it. Well, they, they have no real outside threat, which is really hurting the running game right now. Yeah. And it's one of the things I've, I've said, and we'll just go tangential at this point, is to say sure. that um, I think it would be great to have Duvernay in the backfield for some plays. Just have him be the tailback. Sure. Um, because as out of sidecar, he can threaten the edge the way Dobbins mm-hmm. would or other players would. Right. You can still run jet motion across to threaten the other edge. You can counter, you know, have two right. pulling players. And you can have Jackson be the threat up the middle, which is where they seem to want to use him now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it, The running game is shot right now because they mm-hmm. don't have a speedy edge threat. And, uh, you know, the Latavius Murray's on the field. Well, OK, there's only one place he's going. Right. And it also happens to be the place Jackson usually goes. Right. <laughs> so, right. Uh, they, they don't have the same uh, right. chutzpah that they had before in that line. Sure. Let's jump back to the young producers. Rashad Bateman. So uh, you, you must, like most fans, have, been, have to be pretty excited about the last couple of weeks. Absolutely. Other than the one ball he dropped that turned into a, a Lamar um, interception, which thankfully it didn't matter for the, the game itself. But um, that um, – and that I, – I, I haven't seen an overhead angle of that. But that ball, if he catches, I'm not sure the safety who comes up um, is getting him and I, he can mm-hmm. still be running, so to speak. I, I think he, that would have been a big game, maybe even gone for a touchdown. So, um, so yeah, I mean, very, I mean, obviously we, 
would have been nice to have him over the you know the, the first couple of weeks, but the timing I guess was good. Watkins get hurt, gets hurt, and he can step right in, and and he's basically stepped right in. So um, and and obviously, but his ball still learning, and he, you know what he was missing from um, you know just getting reacclimated. So um, I think it's very positive, and um, I you know now we have two first round picks wide receivers that um, you know. Look, look like, like they're hit. They're, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, you know, they may not be superstars, you know, but they'll be solid, you know, at least solid picks. So, and that's better than they've had in the past. So, yeah, a lot of upside, I think, on Bateman. As a route runner, he's uh, probably about the best the Ravens have had since Steve Smith. I mean, he's yeah. he's a very special guy in, in, in that regard. Uh, Bradley Bozeman is now a free agent at the end of this year. He's the only one in this group who is. What do you envision? I mean, obviously, important part of the Ravens' offensive line. Uh, we've noticed some things about his snaps that have not always been perfect. I'm not talking about last year mm-hmm. when they were high, but right. this year he's kind of throwing these uh, curveballs that are that are uh, slow to get to Lamar. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a project I want to do is to time those. <laughs> right. But, uh, but the, this is something that's that. I, where do you see him uh, next year? Yeah, I mean that's an interesting one because. Um, and obviously they've got to figure out, I mean, I think you figure out the right tackle spot first and maybe McCarr, maybe McCarry's that guy now. Um, and then if Stanley comes back healthy, then you pretty much, you bring back Bozeman and you have pretty, I mean, continuity from, you know, for first time in a while, certainly this year was, has been a mess. So, um, it, centers are hard to gauge with, with numbers, Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think, I mean, he's, he's, he's graded out pretty well with you over other than the snap issue, right? He had three, three real good games, then three bad games. And now he had a real good game again. Okay. So it's, it's, there's a lot of week to week variation in offensive right. linemen. That's not abnormal, but his overall level of play has been good. Right. So, and you know, obviously he's, I know he played in college, but it's, it's been a few years. So, I mean, that's a, you know, a, a different, um, you know, uh, it's still a learning curve and it's playing it in the NFL, which is a, a learning curve in and of itself. But, but I agree, the snaps, I remember in preseason, Lamar was like lunging forward mm-hmm. for them a lot and they kind of would do this, you know. So, um, so I mean, and that's part of the equation because we saw what happened last year. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, between, um, geez, what was this, what was the, who? Um, McCary or Cologne, either Cologne. one. Well, what was the first, who, who started the season? Uh, he started the season Skura. Skura, right. So, yeah. Um, now, and, and I guess the other question is, do they, you know, they seem to be high on Cologne. Is Cologne, do they feel Cologne could be the answer there? And again, you know, you got to pick and choose, unfortunately, and they've got to rebuild the defense mm-hmm. uh, for sure. So that's, you know, that's one of those, it, does he price himself out? How much does he want to stay? Uh, I think that, you know, I think real quick, I think if they, if they had cap space now, they'd mm-hmm. be trying to get him done now. But once you get to February and March, uh, and now there's agents hearing from other teams, and you know, there's there's so. no divisible benefit on the table anymore because he's he's already proven everything. The injury risk is gone. I mean, he's he does the divisible benefit is largely gone at that right. moment. Right. But uh, let's let's link those three players together because we talked about the other two on the defensive show. But Elliot, um, uh, Averett mm-hmm. and Bozeman is does it make sense that one of your initial things you do is maybe in January, February, March, give all of these guys some sort of offer immediately? 
that is a, I wouldn't call it a low ball offer, but an offer certainly that, that sets a minimum floor for any other team to sign these players to say, basically, Hey, we'll give you guys, you know, Averett, you're worth $4 million a year. And maybe, maybe it's three years, 15 million in total, four, five, six kind of thing. Uh, can you afford to can you afford to do that can you afford to have that much money out in offers and i guess you can always renege but yeah i mean there's there's two parts of that um yes i think they can i think you because you can always yes i mean it's not reneging it's like uh, i mean because when you do it you're like look we'd like to sign you but you want you know who the free agents on this team are and honestly the first guy that jumps he gets signed and you know if the third guy if there's nothing left for the third guy then such is life Run. You're you're muted. You learned about the prisoner's dilemma in law school. That's yes, what that is. Yeah, exactly. yeah, pretty much. Yes, yes. There's only exactly. going to be one deal. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, so that's so I mean, that that's certainly an option. Uh, and as you said, it sets the floor. And, you know, if you get if you get, a, you know, if you get better offers, come back and we'll talk about it, you know. And, and you know these players, unfort—I mean, unfortunate or unfortunate. I was going to say unfortunately, but maybe that's not the right word. But you know, the agents know. The agents know right now. Probably, mm-hmm. if you if you keep playing the way you're playing now, this is what this is the kind of you know you're going to have teams looking, and you know, or right. or you know, there's not going to be a great market, or or this or that, or a couple teams, you know. So I mean, they know they know that. So um, so yeah, I think that's that's kind of where you know w- w- what they should do. And and DaCosta has been clear. He's going to be proactive as opposed to waiting. Ozzy would wait. And it was the ex player in him that, mm-hmm. you know, you go, you, this is what we're going to offer. Go get the best deal out there. I think the cost is more. This is what we're going to offer you. Take it, you know, or, or we're going to move on, you know, or we're, we're, you're, we're, you know, we're, we're not going to wait around. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm trying to compare the Bozeman situation to the Jensen situation. And Jensen's contract just unbelievably high for the time. Right. Unbelievably rich. Right. And there's another, um, you know, I haven't looked again, haven't looked at the free agent market, but he was the top center Mm -hmm. uh, on the market. And yeah, I know it was crazy. Um, So that's going to depend on what interior linemen are out there. And, you know, sometimes there's a guard out there that some team is going to sign and play and move him to center. And they, you know, they, they envision that it seems like there's, you know, every couple of years there's, there's something like that. And you're like, really, you know, or even a tackle, you know, I mean, look, I mean, you know, Macari's going back, you know, I mean, actually Macari has been better right tackle than center, which is usually it's the other way around guys go outside say. to in, <laughs> um, you know, but uh, so that one is kind of odd, but you hear, you know, guys, sometimes there's a, there's a tackle in college and he gets drafted. Oh, we're moving him to center, you know, yeah. because of the intelligence and the, he doesn't have short arms. Yeah, usually, yeah, and, and, the, and the, yeah, the ability in space is not, you know, is they don't they don't see him against an edge rusher, but he's he's athletic enough otherwise. So yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, so we'll see on Bradley Bozeman, Marquise Brown. Uh, he's still a year away, but that's going to be a concern. And obviously, you know, him in two after two thousand twenty two. It will be a uh, actually he will be the Ravens have to make a decision after this year, won't they? Um, year. Yes, they move that forward. Yes. Yes. So um, so they'll have to make the um, they'll have to do the uh, decision. Wait a minute. Is that right? Did they move it? Because it used to be after the fourth year. No, it's, it's after the third year. And they, they moved it forward. The now. Right. They, yeah. Because it used to be you would have to do it before the start of the four or May of the fourth year. You would have to pick up the option. And that, um, that one is it. I think it's. The, I think they moved. I think the new CBA moved that up a year, because now well, I'll have to check on that. But um, 
let me check on that. But I, I'm not sure that that's the, I, it's, it's, it, it had been the fourth year. So May of the four, basically right after the draft of the fourth year, mm-hmm. um, you would have to now. And now it's that now when you make that, I believe it's fully guaranteed. Whereas before it was only injury guaranteed. That's an enormous um, change. Yeah. I mean, it's much earlier. And so I think I think I think you have to pick it up after the third year now. Um, we did. We didn't have any. Did we didn't have anybody last year? So I didn't have to pay Jackson. No, I mean we didn't. Yes, that's right. That's right. So they did pick that up. Yeah. So they picked mm-hmm. that up. So that was a, that was before his fourth year. Fourth year. So it's still the fourth year. Okay. So it's still the so, fourth year, but it's still fully guaranteed now, okay. um, as opposed to being uh, before it was um, it was it was only injury guaranteed. So they have another year for Brown for that. Um, he he is in t- he is eligible for an extension after this year, mm-hmm. um, but I think they'll let that play out uh, at this point. I don't I don't think there's any rush there. Mm-hmm. I, I I would agree. Uh, J.K. Dobbins unfortunately hurt, bad situation. Uh, he's just going to be back for year three, and there's not much else to say about that because they just have to see if the injury has any long term effects. Obviously on him, there's no decision to be made on a fifth year contract. It honestly is. Right. is pretty well set for this next year. And then, uh, you know, he signed actually for four years as a draft pick. Yes. He, yeah. He's yeah. Since he was a second round pick, he's got a full four year deal. Um, the third year is subject to the escalator um, depending upon snaps. He probably didn't get enough snaps last year. And of course he's getting no, no snaps this year. So he would have to get, uh, I think you have to have over 35% in two of the three years. Um, did he get 35? I know towards the end of the year, he really came on with I'm snaps, but out. I'm not sure if he got 35 or he was in that, probably in that range. Um, I mean, I guess yeah, you, by the end of the year, he did come on, but in the, first, in the beginning it was, they were splitting them three ways. So, um, or he has to get, or he has to get 35% over all three years. But, but with this year, with none this year, that's going to be hard. That would be hard to do. But it's it's either or. So it's yeah, it's either thirty five percent. He got forty some, forty seven percent in two thousand twenty. Okay. okay, so if he gets over thirty five next year, he'd be he'd be eligible for the, which is basically just up to the um, restricted free agent level. So as opposed to a million dollar salary, which would be his slated, um, his slated two thousand twenty two um, rookie deal salary, the, which is the minimum uh, for a fourth-year player, then he gets the step up. Since, the, since players aren't entitled to the – since four-year deals now, it used to be three-year deals, some, and then you have the restricted free agent, but the new CBA – well, not the new the, – the most, not the most recent, but the prior that put um, – that made rookie contracts four years, they were giving up the restricted free agent year, but they gave them the option if you play well or you play enough – um, which generally means play well, then you would you'd be entitled to that stepped up, which is that proven performance enhancer or escalator. Okay. I'm sorry, and, and that's worth about how much? Um, next, well, that would be that would be two years from now. Um, that would probably be by then uh, three million, probably. Okay, so it's it's still you know it's still reasonable. Okay, and All it depends. Right, uh, now that that uh, one qualification, it depends. Because if you make a Pro Bowl, then you get a you get a it jumps up more. So, for instance, Andrews and um, Orlando Browns, theirs was a little higher. Then it jumps up to the second round um, restricted free agent. Um, so, 
So that's a little. So they they they've scaled that up again to uh, with the new CBA. They they added that um, where not only do you get a step up, but if you play if not for playing time, but if you play well on top of the playing time, um, then you get um, then you get a, another bump. I can see Bill Belichick being very upset about having his guys make the Pro Bowl under those circumstances. Probably yes. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the elephant in the room here because the contract that will drive everything will be what's done with Lamar Jackson. Do you expect it to get done this offseason or do you expect it potentially to linger on even further? I would expect it to get done this offseason. I, I thought it might get done this year once Andrews was signed, even though Andrews actually gave him a little extra cap space. But with all the injuries, it just it became like mm-hmm. almost impossible and the, the drop in the cap. Um I would be shocked if they let it go to the following year because then you get back into the Joe Flacco. Now he's a free agent. Now you've got to use the franchise tag, and that kind of changes the dynamic. You saw what happened with Dak Prescott. You know, I guess he was on the second year of the franchise tag, but um, he got a, a four-year deal for, you know, um, it wasn't fully guaranteed, but a bulk of it was guaranteed because, I mean, he had the, he had the, he had the, uh, the, the um, Cowboys over the you know over the barrel proverbial barrel so um so i think this would be i think this is the i think this is the right time to um given the cap and everything else i i think this is uh this makes sense um and it also makes sense for them because they've gotten the cheap years out of him and now his um his his salary will be 23 point something uh right. next year they can, you know, over a, you know, add five years to it to make it a six-year deal, or add four to make it a five. They can drop that twenty-three million down, you know, eight million, give or take, wow, um, and make it work for the rest of the deal. It's not too much that they can't, you know, just adding an extra million or two on the next couple of years. Um, so it's not taking those numbers so much higher, um, but it will give them, especially with the cap not being in a, you know, great place. That that's a that's a nice chunk of change. I mean, that's a you know that's a legitimate player um, there that you can bring in that you you know you otherwise wouldn't. So um, I think I think for for you know him getting paid for his purposes, so to speak, and for them creating a little cap space, I think it now comes together so that for their mutual interest to get something done. The caveat to that is always he doesn't have an agent, and that creates a, a weird dynamic. Um, right. That um, I don't think that's been an issue because we certainly haven't heard anybody complain about. He certainly hasn't. He's been, hey, not you know, war with, it gets done, it gets done, you know. Right. So he's certainly seemingly t- at least publicly taking the right approach. And there haven't been any leaks. Of course, he hasn't have an agent, so I guess there might not be leaks. It's, the leaks usually come from the agent saying, hey, they're lowballing my client. He's not happy. Uh, tell everybody. Go tell everybody now. So we don't. So maybe that's the reason we haven't heard anything. <laughs> so Mahomes was signed early. Obviously, and and a year earlier than Jackson will be. He would have been signed signed this year, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So, so the question I I guess I have is, um, with Jackson not being represented, do you think it makes it more difficult to understand the dynamic of, um, hey, you're not going to make as much as uh, whoever might be the next guy? Because, hey, we've got you for $23 million next year and two years on the franchise tag at A and B. And therefore, you know, we've got to bring this up into our calculations. Now, actually, it's further along. Josh Allen was drafted the same year. Right. So as, he, and right. he's already signed. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's been it's kind of been the recent history. You go back to Watson. Um, 
two years, well, I guess three years ago now, mm -hmm. and then golf the next year and um, Wentz the next year. Mm -hmm. And then you went to Mahomes last year. Um, and so this, sh you know, and then you got Allen this year. So you're, and I can't call them all superstars. They, they were hoped to be superstars. Golf and Wentz, I don't think turned out to that. The others, mm -hmm. the others have. And Baker Mayfield would be a guy you would expect this year, but that doesn't seem, I mean, he's probably a lot, I mean, he's clearly a tier below uh, mm -hmm. Allen and, and, and Lamar. So, um, so you, I would have expected it this year. I would have expected in, you know, April or May or June. Um, and that's before we had all the injuries. And I guess it may be in a way it's good. We didn't cause I don't know where at some point you run out of cap space. Well, right. once all the injuries happen. So I think it's probably worked out best for, and maybe, you know, maybe on his side, they're saying, well, we want to see what the cap gets to next year and what it's projected to in 23 before. So we, you know, we got to have a better, handle and and maybe the, and you know the ravens are probably fine with that too especially with the lower cap we i mean you know he's making 1.7 million this year you mm -hmm. know i mean that works out great for them so you know i think there's there's a give and take back and forth uh, the concern becomes when you don't have an agent i think the biggest concern is understanding where the team is mm -hmm. when the team comes and says look we you know, we can only, you know, we want to reduce that cap number. We want to reduce it like this. And that means the bonuses, you know, the dynamic of the bonus has changed, but we're going to figure out how, you know, make this all work to make, but we need to, you know, we need to be mindful of, you know, we don't have a lot of cap space. I think agents clearly understand that now, mm -hmm. yeah, you know, and okay, you're not crying wolf here. You know, I mean, you're not, you know, you're not, you're not, you're not snowing me here. Whereas a non-agent doesn't necessarily know that, you know, and that, that's the concern. So the type of bonus you're talking about would be a roster bonus in a future year that would be become what what do you, what do you mean when you're talking about restructuring the bonus? Right. Well, yeah. So I mean, I think you know, if he had signed this year, it would not have been a huge bonus just because of where they were with the cap. Um it might have been a, you know, a 10 million dollar bonus this year and a 30 million bonus next year. Mm -hmm. um, just because of where they are. I mean, they, they got, I don't like option bonuses. They got themselves in trouble with option bonuses, but the last couple of years they've needed to, they did it with Stanley. Um, they did it with Humphrey last year because they just, they didn't have, you know, the cap went, you know, the cap was not where it should have been. So, and this year, certainly it's not where it should have been. So, and I think Andrew's got one as well. So, I mean, that's the only way, I mean, that's the way you keep your first year cap number low is okay. Well, you're going to get, you know, you're going to get a nice $10 million bonus this year. And, you know, you're going to get a guaranteed option bonus next year. It's called an option bonus. It's obviously not an option um, next year. And, you know, that's going to be sizable when the cap is going up. And with Lamar, it could be even three. I mean, going back in a day with uh, Ogden and, and uh, with Ray Lewis and I believe Reed also, and Willis McGahey actually had one. There was there was a, there was three option or two option mm -hmm. bonus. So your signing bonus, option bonus the next year, and a second option bonus the year after. I don't think that's a great way of doing it because that's creating a lot of uh, prorated money, which Back is this. which is yes, where you get the dead money uh, if if it doesn't work out. So I think they ideally they'd want to avoid that, and they have been avoiding that. But you know. Um, reality is you got to do things you didn't really you don't really want to do to make things work yeah
All right. Well, let's let's move on to the next category. That's great explanation of the contract for uh, uh, for these. Where would you expect it, by the way, to be? Would you expect an AAV in the forty three million dollar range? I well, I mean, again, it depends on how this year plays out. He wins a Super Bowl, yeah. Um, if if not, I I think it be around forty one, forty two. So it's not far off of that. He wins a Super Bowl, it could be forty five. Okay. You know. All right, and I, I don't think anybody could would be able to complain about it. You know, I mean, if he's the if he's the MVP, you know, he has that kind of run because it's certainly not. I don't think the defense is carrying us to Super Bowl this year, <laughs> so it's going to have to be Lamar. Yeah, oh, I'd, I'd agree with that. Uh, we talked a little bit about the great the great draft class uh, all coming to fruition here. Uh, obviously, this has been quite a significant thing. We talked about the three players, so we don't we don't need to hit on that again. Let's move on to the developmental group. Uh, the offense has a lot of developmental players. Uh, they are all not meaning not one of them is even in their fourth year. So not one of them is going to be a free agent. Uh, but they are Miles Boykin, Ben Cleveland, Tristan Colon, Devin DuVernay, Tyler Huntley, Josh Oliver, Tyree Phillips, James Prochet, Tylen Wallace and Tyson Williams. Some of these guys are really on the fringe of the developmental category in, in ways because they haven't gotten any sort of a role yet. Tylen Wallace, certainly in that category. Tyson Williams, even, you know, a couple of healthy scratches from a yeah. running back. You know, you, you wonder what the team is thinking right. about, about what's going on because he seems, he seems to be most talented back in terms of speed, power, mm-hmm. you know, important things for running backs. Right. And he fumbles a couple of times and he's not there. Yeah, I mean, I think with him, too, it's, it's about protection. I mean, with the offensive yes. line being – Sketchy, uh, that's the right way to put it. Um, I think that's important, and they 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 believe the you know the veterans are are better at that. So, I, I think that certainly is. Um, I think more than and the fumbles are important too. We obviously know that. Uh, we know how Harbaugh feels about that, but I think it's more the protection because uh, even when he's active, he's not seeing the field that much. So, and now right now, I mean, obviously one of them's hurt, but they're carrying four running backs. Um, I guess Tyson Williams can play. Is he playing any special teams? Is he getting snaps on special teams? I, I couldn't tell you, honestly. Because, yeah. um, I mean, the, obviously the other three aren't. Um, so something's got to give there. And, again, they, they've, then that may be – that's probably one of those places we talked on the, on the first session about uh, when, you know, when Wolf and, and uh, Boyle and, uh, you know, those guys come back off of IR and, and it, um, um, the, the lineman from Seattle comes up, then, you know, obviously, you know, they're going to need some space and I, something's got to give there. And then obviously the trade deadline, you know, if they do acquire somebody who can be that outside guy, um, they do have a little wiggle room, not a lot, but they, you know, if there's a young excess guy out there, they might be able to, you know, pull off. Then obviously that's another spot that, you know, um, somewhere something's got to give. That's that's been one of the really strange things about this season, though, is there hasn't been a young back, and and the COVID year has a lot to do with it. That there there weren't a lot of running backs that came out of school. There weren't a lot of small school running backs that anybody knows anything about. So you know there there aren't just a lot of R and one players, I mean rookie players, and also first year players sure. coming back who are just on a practice squad. I know you know I'm telling the fans, <laughs> yeah. but but anyway, uh, there aren't a lot of those running backs around. Period, and you know. The Ravens are dredging the bottom, frankly, of the, of the veteran running back pool to bring these guys in. It hasn't worked. I mean, yeah. I think that, that it, it's you know it's fair to say right now that uh, Latavius Murray is is six tenths of a yard under expectation per rush. Mm-hmm. That's unbelievably bad. You're right. Uh, so to uh, as as much as I like him as a blocker, and, and, and he might be, and he might have been the best, uh, other than maybe Williams, he's probably been the best. Um, 
Yeah, because I mean, uh, Bell has been. Uh, I'm not even. I'm not even sure. I'm not even sure why they brought him to the fifty-three. Um, cause they do under the veteran salary, I'm, I'm under the, uh, termination pay. They do owe him, um, two more weeks, which one will be this week. So it, you know, and it's some money, it's not, it's not the end of the world, but when you only have 1.2 million in cap space, you know, even, even 50,000 coming out of that hurts. Um, so I have to think before the buy, something is going to happen with the running back or before, before, before the next game, something before is going game. to happen. Yes. And, and you know, so one of the one of the funny things about this is the uh, I always this happens to me all the time. Now I forget my point, but uh, <laughs> um, uh, what I want to say about the running backs, yeah, it's just one of these age things. I'll, it will come back to me. I promise you that. Let's let's move on. Uh, Miles Boykin, interesting guy, but now is in year three, and you got to wonder where his future is with the Ravens. Yeah, I mean, he's the. Sixth or seventh. I mean, they're carrying. That's another spot. They're carrying seven wide receivers. Right. So when some of the health, you know, some of the guys, Dalen Hayes down the road, Westry, you know, those guys are coming off of IR. I don't think seven wide receivers is is, is possible. So, um, you know, whether Wallace gets injured, so yep. to speak, and ends up on IR. Um, or, I mean, it's, it's either that or Boykin gets cut. I have to think, I don't think they'll cut Wallace. Um, cause I think someone will snap him up. Somebody can snap Boykin up too, but Wallace is a rookie and, you know, rookie versus third year guy. Obviously they like, you know, they like the special teams play of Boykin. They like his blocking, but you know, at some point that's and when you're paying him as you're paying him more and more. Um, now he could be a guy, I mean, he, you know, that's another spot, um, if they need some cap space and when they're, you know, if they're acquiring somebody, he could be a guy, they're trading a draft pick for somebody. He could be the guy released because it's kind of a wash based on who they acquire. So, mm-hmm. um, because he, yeah, it's about 500, uh, 500 million, 500,000 in savings. If he or Ferguson, uh, who we mentioned in the first, if they one of them went, if you're acquiring a guy right now probably about the same. So, you know, that's something that when they're tight against the cap, unfortunately, that may be, okay, well, there's our guy, you know, that's, that's mm-hmm. who we're, because cutting a rookie isn't going to make that kind of savings. I remembered my point about the running backs now. So I'm okay. going to jump back to it. This is just brain deathness here, but uh, the, the, they have a very vastly different veteran amount they earn on the practice squad. And it's something like what they make about 6,600, 7,000, something like that on the practice squad. And then it's like, I want to say it's 14 or $15,000 they make if they're a veteran. Yeah. The veterans make 14. Um, the non-veterans make actually it's 9,200. So it's not terrible, okay. but, but also when the guys are elevated, you're looking at, a, at you know you're looking at elevation. I think it's about thirty three thousand dollars difference. If nice. a, veteran, a veteran pulled up versus a rookie, so you know it's not it's not a huge difference. But again, when you have one point two million, it it makes you know it makes a difference. And so um, you know that's something that you know that has to be factored in. And obviously, this past week they only elevated one. Um, and as we get healthier, they you know they may not need to elevate anybody because. Um, they don't have the. They hopefully won't have the need for one of those positions like they did earlier in the year when they were trying to save cap by, again, not having you know filling two roster spots in the first place. It sounds like they might save close to a hundred thousand dollars a week by just not having a full roster if if they if they're saving two spots. Yeah, maybe it's thirty three thousand for a veteran. You said so sixty six thousand they would save per week if they have if to they weren't the yeah if they weren't elevating yeah yeah wow okay. Uh, 
Great. Let's move on to the list. Uh, ben Cleveland, obviously, un- real unfortunate injury because he's one of the guys who could fix the offensive line or or, or help to help somewhere. Sure. Uh, the interior is good. Uh, I, I, we don't have to go through some of my theories about that Ben Cleveland could be the answer at right tackle after McCary is gone, but uh, but it is what it is. And uh, I, I like Cleveland as a guard. I like him going forward. Uh, I haven't heard anything. Have you about whether or not he may be back this year? I think they said he was going to be back. Now, whether that was back, I think. I mean, they said it wasn't season ending, but you know how those things go. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, you know, obviously going to depend on roster space there as well, uh, especially if they, you know, if, if um, um, the Seattle offensive tackle, be, you know, it's added to the 53 at some point. Of course, they were hoping that was going to be the guy they claimed on waivers from, from Dallas, but um, that didn't work out. Um, so um, that was kind of a unique situation. Um, so, um, so we'll see what happens there. Let's talk about Brandon Knight for a second, because he's he's a guy that um, the Ravens went to him in their hour of need, obviously, and made a legitimate waiver claim under the CBA. And Knight, I forget if he's a second or a third year player, but he's but he's still on his first contract. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a guy that under the CBA, the, the Ravens own his rights. Do you think the Ravens are likely to be? specific in their interpretation of the rules in this case, because Knight really kind of gave him a grease pole on this one. Yeah. And I mean, obviously he said it was for, you know, mental health issues and, you know, and I mean, it seems, and I have to think that's the case because Mm -hmm. this would seem like a perfect opportunity for him. I mean, even if he's a backup as a swing tackle for, and as it turned out, he would have played last week. Mm-hmm. You know, he would have played for Macari. You know, he would have stepped right. He probably would have been the guy to step in. So, um, so it looks like a golden opportunity for him since he was, you know, he he was way down the totem pole in in Dallas. So, um, so it'll be interesting. And I don't have an answer on. So he played six games mm-hmm. uh, in Dallas, which is what is normally the accrued. Um, or he was on the roster. I'm not sure he played in six games. So that's what accrues a season. So this is his third year. So that would make him a restricted free agent next year. Okay. But because he essentially quit and they put him on the do not report list, I don't know if that can void that accrued season. Um, so, because if he is a restricted free agent next year, cause he was, he was in Dallas for two years. He's, he's played six games this year. That would give him an accrued season. That'd be his third, which would make him a restricted free agent next year. If he's a restricted free agent next year, they're not offering him a restricted free agent tender. Right. Um, so there's, I mean, there's no harm on keeping him on the do not report list because if three weeks from now he says, I want to come back and, and they have a need and, you know, they can always, they can always do so. So, um, but if his if his contract told and he does not get an accrued season this year, then he's then he's in a third year player next year, and then then they would certainly you know bring him to camp and see what happens. Okay, so you mentioned he played six games this year. I, I'm I'm looking. I'm only seeing these played in one game this year. Maybe he was, he was on the roster for six. For games. Six. Sorry. Yeah, so he was on the fifty three. So yeah. that that's uh, yeah. So he was. I, I shouldn't say played, but yes, he was he was on the roster for all six games. So that that gives him the accrued season. Okay, all right. So I, for some reason, I thought I'd already heard that he. Ne- I, I thought I had heard that he needed one more game to get his accrued season. But that, that I'm pretty that, sure because he we he, well, and again, it's games and weeks. So mm-hmm. weeks count as a game. So um, so he was picked up. 
after the six. He he was released. Well, so that yeah, that's another variable. He was released on Saturday before their Sunday game, but because he was released the because he was released late in the week, he still gets paid that week. Mm-hmm. And once you get paid, that's considered that's an accrued week. That's that's a week towards the accrued. Mm-hmm. So once you have to be. It, it, we say games and we say weeks, but it's you have to be on full paid status for six weeks. Okay. It's on full paid status for six weeks, and that's the accrued season. This is why you're the best in the business, <laughs> Brian, because that's the kind of nuance that, that, that and, and anybody else who's looking at games just wouldn't pick up on. That's uh, that's great. Let's, let's continue with some of these developmental players. Uh, Cologne, we talked about a little bit with Bozeman. Uh, Duvernay, uh, you know, a, a player who's going to lose snaps, obviously, at wide receiver, but uh, still hopeful he'll develop into more than he is what now. I think there's some positional versatility they're not taking advantage of there. Yeah, and I mean, next year, I'm assuming Sammy Watkins is not back next year, then between he and Prochet, they would be first in line for the slot spot um, or, or whatever combination. However, I know they you put Brown out of the slot a lot this year, mm-hmm. but one of the top three wide receivers, I mean, I would they would be your, you know, barring a draft pick, they would be your top four wide receivers. Um, so, um, and then you'd have Wallace, um, you know, after that. So I, I certainly think... Um, yeah, I certainly think there's some uh, opportunity there over the perhaps not not as much this year, but over the two following years to establish himself. All right. Tyler Huntley, and not somebody who gets talked about too much around here, obviously a, a nice stylistic fit for Lamar here in, here in town and the offense that, that the Ravens want to run. Um, anything about him? I mean, obviously he played in the playoff game, yet is still a first-year player this year, correct? Um, yes, because – no, he was on. No, he was on the. He was on the roster last year, wasn't he? Uh, was he on? I, was he on the? Or he only came up. Was he only a COVID call up? I think he's COVID or, call up to back up because RG three was here, right? So if he only, if he only, no, if he did two. not. He's, he's the system. He, he's a yeah. That's what I thought. I think at the end of the year he was up because well he had to be because RG three got hurt, so he, he was the backup. And I think he at some point they they were out of the tube of his two uh, allowed standard elevations. So I think the last game or two, or I only would only would have taken the last game um, for him to be. So he's in his second year. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, he's a good fit. I, you know, it doesn't mean they doesn't preclude them from drafting a late round guy if they, or bring in another undrafted free agent. But I think they're comfortable with him at this point. Yeah. I mean, it's clearly it's not Lamar, but who is going to be, you know, so. Yeah. I mean, if, if Lamar is on a long-term contract and they still are loving who Lamar is, and, and we certainly hope that's the case, uh, it does not preclude the Ravens from drafting a quarterback whenever they feel it's appropriate. A, a lot of the Patriots or who else has done that? But the Patriots are certainly a team known for doing it. The 49ers yeah. maybe. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's uh, the, uh, Green Bay, obviously, <laughs> you know, Green Bay does it. I mean, you know, I'm not advocating a first round pick, but, you know, fourth and beyond, if the guy seems like a great fit and in case something happens, Lamar, you feel more comfortable with. I don't see a problem with it. Um, Josh Oliver, now a third year player. He's one of the guys the clock is kind of ticking a little louder for in this. Got a few more snaps with 19 in this last game does not entirely fit what the Ravens are trying to do. I mean, obviously when Boyle comes back, I expect his snaps to be cut. He potentially even could be inactive for some of these games. If they have Boyle, Tomlinson and Andrews active. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, they've been willing to throw to boil. They obviously, you know, when it's not it's not the three headed monster when you had Hayden Hurst, but um, but they've moved away from that anyway. And they be perfectly honest with they have receivers now. Um, they didn't, you know, they didn't they they didn't have those options, and and obviously it was in Lamar's earlier years when he wasn't as comfortable. Um, you know, reading defenses and, and obviously that's, you know, that that's improved greatly. And just as throwing, I think, I think this year having just as an aside, I think just this year having a full off season did wonders for Lamar. Yeah. I think that was part of the problem last year is, um, you know, just be able to get his, his feet in the right place and, you know, and arm angles and, and just, you know, and obviously just film study as well. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I think Oliver's probably, uh, you know, they, they, I think there's a good chance they draft a tight end next year, and mm-hmm. and then you know they'll have they'll have Boyle and and, and uh, Andrews, and then probably a rookie. I mean, there's no reason again to cut Oliver anytime soon, but he's probably a guy that when it comes down to camp cuts, that is going to be on that line. Fourth year player, you know, that's always yep. the guy. Yep. So, yep. Uh, I one of the interesting things is is uh, the Ravens need this year at tackle, and their their deficiencies there have led to a lot of extra inline players playing. So the Ravens have barely been playing two wide receivers per play, mm-hmm. when the average is three. I mean, the most prevalent personnel package by far is eleven personnel with three wide receivers, but the Ravens play almost exclusively twelve and twenty one. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if they go if they go to 11 personnel, it's because they're way behind in a game like the Colts and they right. they have to catch up. They would do it with no huddle. But the only way the Ravens can get it blocked right now is with having right. an extra a fullback and a tight end or right. two tight ends or a right. six offensive lineman or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Well, boy, will help with that, hopefully, you know, because yeah. he'll be you know, he's kind of like another offensive lineman. And gives you a little bit of and a little bit of issue with that. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's move on to the veterans playing for market value on offense. you got a few of those. Mark Andrews, I put in the category now. Obviously, he's gotten his new deal. He's still a bargain for this year, but but he's gotten his new deal, so he's in there. Nick Boyle, uh, Gus Edwards obviously hurt, but but still is a market value guy now. Uh, Devonta Freeman, as such as it is, is a market right. value guy. Uh, Juwan James I have in this just because he's on the NFI list. Kind of tell us what the Ravens constructed this contract. Obviously, the NFI designation is one that had to be agreed upon, I would think, by James before they signed this deal. Yeah, I mean, I think this was uh, the way it was announced was and it hasn't worked out exactly how it was announced, at least according to the NFLPA. But it was originally announced that he would be signed. He would get a five hundred thousand dollar signing bonus. And that was basically money paid over a two year deal. And that was basically money paid to him um, to rehab. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, with the hope that if they needed him, maybe he would be, you know, because the injury was in March, I think, um, you know, he might be ready. Now, he's showing up under the NFL. Now, when you're on NFI, the team does not, does not have to pay you anything. So that was the idea. So that was the original way it was reported. He wouldn't, he wouldn't make any salary, which isn't the actual, you know, the way it really happens. But I mean, that's what, that's the, that was the gist. That's what the ultimate, the way it happens. You, um, but he is actually making the rookie minimum according to NFL PA. He's making six sixty K. Now, if he's activated from NFI, then it would have to jump up to nine ninety K, which is the, be the vet, which is really what his, his base salary and his contract says, um, which is the veteran veteran minimum for, for his years of service. Um, which isn't a huge amount because if it happens, you know, 
that's six weeks before the end of the season. It's all prorated. So that's not, a, you know, it's not like, oh, my God, we need 330,000. Um, so which which with their cap would be difficult. Um, so because it will only be the, the number of weeks left. So um, th- my only thought on that, and this is just my head it, out of my head, is that um, that they felt he was rehabbing well enough over the spring and summer or the summer more that they wanted to say, they wanted to say, Hey, okay, you know, we'll give you a better, we'll give you some money, even though we said, you know, even though, and maybe, maybe that was the idea originally too, is that, you know, if you get, if you, if you show progress and now it looks like you might be able to get back, um, that we'll, you know, we'll get, we'll start paying, we'll start paying you a lesser salary, but a salary, you know, as, as a, you know, a bonus, so to speak to, to you know, to, to doing, you're doing what you're doing and, you know, we want to give you some more incentive to, you know, to get back. So, and, and that's purely my, purely out of the top of my head. Okay. Now I had not really heard, I mean, I've heard people wanting it to be true, wishing that it right. was true, obviously right. with the Ravens current situation right. that, that Juwan James would be available this year. I haven't heard anybody credible actually say, He's coming along. He'll, he'll right. probably be here December, kind of thing. Right. Well, they haven't. Yeah, they haven't discussed it. Uh, you know, and that's not. You know, maybe something that you know. And I, you know, I don't know. There is a yes. There's been a rumor out there. It's been on radio for sure. That the hope is that he'll be back. Whether that's, you know, whether that's from sources or whether that's, you know, one of those. Um, I'm going to look good by saying that, you know, that we think he's going to be back and, and acting like I know, you know, or I'm just guessing, but I, you know, and then I'm going to be right because I have inside information. Is this you know? an afternoon kind of a could, could be. show thing? Could yeah. be. Yeah, could be. I mean, and, and, you know, I mean, he's, I think he's the only one that said it and it may well be, you know, it may well be informed, you know, informed knowledge, um, informed guess, whatever you want to call it. So, um, I mean, I hope, I hope he's right, you know, because that just creates, uh, you know, more depth if, at worst. Um, and, you know, at best he could have, he might be starting and they may need him now, obviously, is he going to be any good? You know, yeah. I mean, coming off the injury and, you know, and, and they get to the point, you know, he gets to the point where, okay, I don't want to rush back, you know, to play a couple games and possibly get hurt. And then you lose it next year. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, there is a second year to the contract. It, it jumps up, re, you know, not, not, it's not huge. There's a lot it's of incentives involved. Yeah. Yeah. It's, there's not a lot of incentive. I mean, it might be four. Um, there's a lot of incentives involved. I don't know how much those apply to this year um, and, or, or, or apply to next year or, or both. Um, so, um, you know, so that's, I mean, but it's, it, I, it was, I tell you, it, it was a great deal for the Ravens. It was a smart deal for the Ravens. You pay the guy, you know, in this case now $1 million, but at the time you know, when it was announced, you know, you pay the guy 500000 to rehab and you got him under contract for next year. So insurance you know, policy. Yeah. Yeah. So and, and that, that, uh, the, the, the next year's contract is not guaranteed money or is there a portion? I, I don't believe any of it's guaranteed. I'm pretty wow. sure because I don't think they would have, you know, because, uh, you know, if he, if he doesn't, if he doesn't come back healthy, yeah, so you're you were right. It's three million. It's it's three million next year. So there's a there's a there's a roster bonus in there, which I assume is one of those fifth day of the league year things mm-hmm. that that you know forces them to make a decision. But I mean, if he's, you know, even at the swing tackle at three point two five million cap number, that's a bargain. 
Remarkable, yeah. remarkable deal, yeah. yeah. And and if he comes back this year and is available for the playoffs or even available for the stretch run sometime in December, it's going to look like the greatest move the Ravens have ever made. Well, yeah. not quite, but well, you know. And and they were and they were obviously hoping that he they would need him, you know. And if, if think if everybody was healthy, then they would probably leave him on NFI the whole year and and just say, hey, you know, we'll see you next year. Um, but with Villanueva not playing so well and Macari hurt and Stanley, you know, obviously. Um, you know, it, it may be necessity now. All right. Uh, great stuff on, on, uh, on Juwan. Uh, we haven't talked too much about the Wolfpack here, but Cook, Moore, and, and uh, Tucker, I all have in this category, even though Moore is not a veteran, there's no developmental component. <laughs> right, right. So, so he's really playing for what he'll make. And then, right. of course, he will price himself up, as Cox did, Later on, and I don't know how much Cox made above the vet minimum, but he probably made a little bit above the vet minimum, right? Yeah, he did. He did. I mean, he was, I think he was the highest payer, paid, highest paid long slap, long, jeez, long snapper <laughs> there uh, at some point, but it was still 1.2 million when the veteran minimum was 800. So, I mean, it wasn't, you know, percentage wise, it was, it was an increase, but it wasn't, it wasn't going to make or break. Um, and this move, the whole move was was kind of odd because, I mean, Cox went to Tennessee and is making the veteran minimum. So you're only looking at and on on that kind of veteran minimum, which is now the um, veteran salary benefit, which used to be the veteran minimum deal. Um, Cox is only counting 850 on their cap. Um, Moore is counting 660. So, I mean, you're less than two hundred thousand dollars difference. So. It wasn't really a cap Option value. It wasn't really well. It wasn't really a cap value. Yeah, it wasn't a cap decision as much as it was. I think it was also. I mean, I don't. I don't remember Morgan fading or having any issues. But I think it was. We and I think it was. We like this guy, and we don't want him to get away. Right. I, yeah. We we like this guy. We, you're 35. He's right. 22 or 23, right. and and we've got him for four years. I mean, you you right. got a you got a whole lot of factors there that positive sure. beyond the 190 thousand right. dollars. Sure. Sure. All right. Uh, let's move on. Patrick Ricard, uh, you know, interesting player, obviously up. Uh, he is a free agent at the end of this year, right? Correct. I'm not going to correct yes. about that. So, you know, the, the whole Ben Mason situation obviously is still kind of tightening my colon around a spool here in terms of, of uh, just making me uh, re- upset about the draft pick to start with, because I think they could have they could have had him otherwise. In fact, right now, if they felt like they had the need for a fullback, they could right up and get and sign Ben Mason off they the could, practice right. squad. So, uh, what uh, do you think they'll extend Ricard? What are you expecting for, from him? I I think there's a decent chance because he it, because his uniqueness is especially amplified in our offense. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I mean, let's face. First off, a fullback is. I mean, not that many teams use a fullback. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's more valuable to the Ravens than he would be to other teams. So, I, if they want him, I don't think they. I, I don't think they would have any trouble. Uh, it's not going to be a huge bidding war, but I, I don't think they would have trouble offering his value to us is, is more than somebody else is going to offer. Um, but it only takes one, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, the, the last fullback that left here, I don't think anybody expected use check to get paid like that. Um, no. You know, that money, I mean, cause that was, that was, I mean, he shattered the fullback number, you know, um, and I'm not saying Ricard's not going to do that clearly because he's not the pass catcher, but, um, but he, you know, his ability to do different things. I mean, it's always, 
it's always nice. I know he's slimmed down, but it's always nice to have that guy that if you've had a bunch yeah. of injuries on defensive line, you know, you can move him over there. And that, that's not the intention. And I think he's clearly an offensive player now in yeah. their mind. But um, and they don't seem to just, be- just looking at the guy in camp. I, I can't imagine him ever playing the defensive line again. He was right. I mean, seriously, the guy, if you watch him next to Bozeman, Bozeman, I know he weighs 325, but Ricard is listed at something like 303 or 311 or whatever right. the rating is listed as. There's no way no, there's 14 that, yeah, pounds he, difference. He's, he's, he's 60 yeah. pounds lighter. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, and, and I'm, I'm assuming, I don't know if that was the Ravens doing or his doing, or, you know, I'm going mm-hmm. to my free agent year. I want to, I want to be quicker. I want to, you know, mm-hmm. I want to be able to catch more passes. That hasn't happened this year. Uh, doesn't seem like, um, so far at least. Um, and I think that's one of Lamar's issues is hitting the running backs and we're expecting it for Dobbins and we don't have Dobbins and maybe that's the reason I don't know but um it does seem like it when he throws it out to the you know out to the flat it's always one it's one of his more inaccurate spots it seems and that's Mm -hmm. um that's off of my head I I don't know if the numbers (laughs) support that or not it just seems like it to me um so yeah I mean I I think I I think they would like to have him back I mean I I do think Mason might have been you know, the plan might have been for Mason, and that's why they reached for him. It was their last pick. They they were afraid that they wouldn't get him, you know, or somebody would draft him in the seventh round, or he wouldn't be – they wouldn't get him as a priority free agent or undrafted free agent because, mm-hmm. you know, why would I go there? They got, a, they got a starter there. I can go somewhere else where I can see more time. So I think that was the calculated – that was our calculation, whether it was good or, you know, it was wise or not. I'll, you know, certainly doesn't seem like it worked out that way for sure. I think there's another part of the theory is that, is that Ricard had that secret surgery in the off season on his hip. Correct. True. And so, and so I think they looked at that and said, okay, we need an insurance policy. But the truth of the matter is Ben Mason was probably going to be available. Maybe he wouldn't have been dropped to a practice squad at New England or wherever else he might've been drafted, but a player like Ben Mason is going to be available pretty cheaply and whoever you get, it's not going to be Ricard. So even if they, even if they really liked him, you know, a developmental tackle seemed like a much, much better decision at that spot. Um, Absolutely. Yes. That was the one, obviously, in, you know, in any pick, uh, you know, they thought highly of Wade too. And then the, uh, I mean, their guys, they had, you know, the practice squad players from last year developed or the, you know, Washington, you know, so they, you know, those guys developed. Um, So that was, it made sense. That pick made sense. Uh, the, the heir apparent to Tavon Young didn't work out. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that was – I thought they had to come out with a tackle uh, somewhere along the line. And, you know, they didn't, obviously. And that's certainly – if you want to look at that draft, that's certainly the – the one that sticks out like the sore thumb, so to speak. Right. Absolutely. Obviously not getting defensive linemen I'd put up there with it because that, that was a, you know, it's an aging position that they really need to right. get younger. All right. Um, Watkins Zeitler, Zeitler, by the way, been a terrific buy. Yeah. I mean, for, for yeah. uh, you know, they'll have him for two years, 16 million. And then a third for, do I have the number correctly? What's the, what's yeah, the, I think it was, I think it was, I think it was, was it 8 million? Was it, did it average 8 million a year? Well, he averages his sixteen. He earns sixteen million over the first two years. So it's kind of like the option value of the contract, and then there's an extra, extra maybe five or six and a half or something in year three. And I forget exactly how it's. I can go to it. Yeah, I can. I can look it up too. Okay. 
Okay, yeah. So he's got six and a half million in a third year salary and total money earned at twenty two point five. So he's got six point five. He's got sixteen million. So it's about about seven and a half million a year. Yeah. So I mean, I think that's a great value. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think that I. I mean, obviously, his age is only thirty one. So only. Yeah. Well, I mean, for a guard, that you know, I mean, he's not Yonda, but you know, you can play to in your mid thirties. So, I mean, he's a guy that could definitely see the. I think he could see all three years. Yeah. Um, and I don't I think they hope he sees all three years, you know, yeah, I, think it, I think the contract isn't. So it's not backloaded. It's not one of those. OK, this is truly a two year deal. Yeah. And then we'll ask you to restructure or we'll cut you kind of deal. Right. I, I agree. I mean, it looks like this this deal two years, 16 million would be a bargain. But the third year at six and a half, it might be Zeitler wanting to add years on. It might go into yeah. Ed Reed or Mason or who the all the guys that have tried to always see yes. a perpetual two year contract yes. at the end of there. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's see. We want to talk about uh, Sammy Watkins. We got at the end of the year. I don't think we did. The two yeah. veteran cap value concerns. There's a shocking similarity between the two that, that you're not going to like. Ronnie Stanley and Alejandro Villanueva. So both of the high high cost tackles right now. Ronnie, I don't know what to believe is going to happen. I, I, I think he will try to get back. I just am not confident it's ever going to happen. Yeah, I mean... Uh, obviously, hopefully, this, the new surgery fixes whatever the first one didn't. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't uh, – unless he retires, he's going to be here because mm-hmm. um, they, they can't cut him. I mean, the cap – I mean, the, the, it's just it, – it's cap suicide. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if, you know, there's $40 million left in, uh, from his, his bonuses, I believe. Um, so, I mean, you would take I – think, I think his cap number next year is about eighteen. And then you take another 20. Yeah. I mean, you'd you'd add another 20, you know, so that's impossible. Um, I don't, I I mean, he doesn't sound like a guy who wants to retire and he's got nine and a half million guaranteed next year in base salary. So why would he, (laughs) you know? Um, And even if that for his, you know, for his perspective, well, if I have to rehab through next year, it's guaranteed money. And, you know, and hopefully at worst, I'm back the following year. Um, Yeah. And just look at it from his own perspective, honestly, he's going to want to rehab no matter what. I mean, just for his own life. Right, and, right. Of course. Yeah. Of course. But, well, it's different kinds of, yeah. I mean, yeah, to get back on the football field, that's going to be more intense. So, I mean, you know, I don't, I, I there's, again, short of him retiring, which he certainly, based on what he said, that's not happening, at least this this year. He's here. Um there, uh, there's no way to restructure the contract that would benefit the Ravens from a, ca- a cash savings perspective. Um, it could always be restructured if they need cap space because it's you know there's that nine and a half million they could reduce. But then that for that's that's difficult with him because you're putting more dead money into future years when if he retires you have to deal with so. Um, he's there. He's that one is probably if he was healthy, you, you could do that and feel comfortable enough with it that he's going to be here for the rest of his deal. And, you know, you, it, that's not going to hurt you. But in this case, that would hurt. So uh, so I certainly think I mean, it, it he's going to be here and it's just a matter of whether he gets healthy or not. Devastating injury, certainly for the Ravens. Obviously, the nightmare, some of all fears situation to have a a player lost early at a a day after, right? I mean, it was a day or two after he signed. Yeah. It was, I think it was announced on Friday. He signed Saturday and gets hurt. Five years weren't even starting until the season. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Alejandro Villanueva signed to a two year deal. Um, 
It did not work out at right tackle in week one. Uh, I saw something ridiculous, and this really tells you that the XY coordinate formulas are not really working yet. I but saw the, that too. You, you saw that too. So, the, so the next gen formula that ESPN uh, has has him with on the efficient frontier effectively of yes. pass block and run block win rate. Yes. Because if you have looked at this, that's not the way it's worked. But they have uh-huh. obviously they model the pocket in a certain way. It's a two and a half second. Uh, pressure model instead of what I use, which is three. Uh, so, so I understand why there would be differences. I just don't understand why there'd be that much. Of a difference. Uh, yeah, I, I saw that and I was like, huh. <laughs> I was like, I'm, I, you know, uh, you obviously pay way more attention to that than I do, but there's nothing I would see. I'm not even, I mean, we're running to the right uh, predominantly. Mm-hmm. So we're running, we're not running. And I know sometimes we're running away from guys on the other side, but we're not run. We're not using him as the, as the, you know, as the guy to, cause aren't we supposed to run at the, you know, we're supposed to run at the guy uh, on that side um, to keep him keep him off the, you know, keep him off the blind side. Um, so I, I yeah, <laughs> that one, um, I, I don't get that. So I, I, you know, and since obviously playing now, if Stanley doesn't look like he's coming back, that might save Villanueva because he's clearly better on the left side. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think. I mean, now with Macari being hurt, I mean, I, I, you know, if 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 they got Knight or um, you know if they find an answer at right tackle, I mean, I think there's a better chance of Macari going to left tackle than and Villanueva becoming Ooh. swing tackle than there is the Villanueva going back to the right side. So they had, to, I mean. And I, I don't think he's ever going back to the right side because that was that was a disaster. It was it was one game, but but I agree that it did it did not look good. It's about as bad no. as you can score in a game. Uh, Stanley, that game also had probably the worst game of his career. He didn't right. have another game in his rookie year with four holding penalties. Right. But, uh, well, and clearly he wasn't he wasn't he wasn't ready. Uh, you know, I mean, obviously that ankle wasn't going to let him. So um, hopefully, it won't, when he comes back the next time, it won't look like that. But he'll uh, have, hopefully have had almost a year at that point to you know to get healthy. So yeah, Villanueva. I mean, he's six million in cap savings. So unless something turns around greatly, uh, I think he's uh, he's pretty easy. That while he's on the cap value concern, I think it's pretty much cut certain. <laughs> cut certain next year. Yeah. Okay, very good. Unless what, something what, changes drastically. Which what's what's? I'm sorry, you might have just said it, but it's six million. Six million. Six million in in, in uh, cap savings. Okay, that's a big that's a big amount. That's a nice um, chunk. Yeah. So we move on to the transitional players, and I, 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 I'm not sure if you've got the correct list here, but I have only two guys on this list, Le'Veon Bell and Latavius Murray, which is unusual that a, a team has so few on one side, but they don't have a lot of players who are actually on the roster who are either young guys or veteran guys and really who, who just aren't going to be around anymore. I mean, I guess you could put Villanueva in that category. You, he's, well, he's going to be cut. Yeah. So he's yeah. not, yeah. I mean, he's, yeah, I guess, I mean, it depends on where you wanted to put the definition, but yeah. yeah. But he, I think he's, I think he's appropriately slotted where he is as a cap value concern. And uh, so Bell and Murray, I mean, they're not really cap value concerns because they don't make anything, but, but uh, neither one of them I would imagine will be here next year. No. And I would think Devonta Freeman would fall in that category too. With, you know, you get your other backs back healthy, you get the three you know, that are on IR, you got Tyson Williams. Um, and then, then you got McCrary on the practice squad and, and you whoever, know, you draft. whoever else you draft or, you know, you find another, you know, another uh, undrafted free agent. So I think, or maybe somebody they acquire in a trade, you know, that's another option that could happen in the next week. 
Well, next year also, I'm going to have a flood of players come into the NFL. So sure. it should be a very deep draft for starters, right. large group of undrafted free agents, and there'll be a lot of guys on the fringe of the roster who might be good. So right. that's the kind of pickings that the Ravens love to have mm-hmm. to find their next Alex Collins or whoever it might be mm-hmm. that they can come in and help them for a year or two. Right. Do you see he's playing in Seattle again? Yeah. Out of, I mean, he was been out. He didn't play last year. I don't even know played the year before. And then, yeah. So, um, and I think he's, he's seen some decent minutes because of injuries, but yeah, I liked yeah. him when he was here, but that then he, he's the fumbling problem started and then mm-hmm. Lamar took over and Gus was a better fit. And that was all she wrote. Yeah. And then, and then he had, didn't he have some off field issue too? That, that yeah. Well, then the, that off season, yes, he got arrested for something and they just, they, they caught him or they non-tendered on, I don't remember which, but. Uh, Brian, complete pleasure to go through with this. We've just, just been sitting here talking for the better part of two and a half hours here uh, about these the, each side of the ball. And the time just flies talking football with you. Always really appreciate it. Uh, Brian McFarland at Raven Salary Cap on Twitter. Make sure you hit him there with your questions. He's very responsive. He'll get back to you right away. And you just heard on this episode some of the nuances that he understands are way beyond what other cap people have. So uh, make sure you toss him your questions. Uh, I Brian, appreciate it. it Brian, uh, thanks so much for I, coming that's a, on. That's a great plug. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I did your plug for you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, all right. uh, other folks out there, if you're looking to do a 25 years episode, still have about 15 to record. Love to get you on. If you have a specific moment or time in Ravens history you want to talk about, uh, make it a narrow topic. And something we can discuss in significant depth in 20 minutes. That's always the most fun. We had somebody talking about Rashawn Melvin already. And he played five games with the Ravens. Wow. But, you know, that, yeah. That's an exciting kind of thing. I'd love to talk about Corey Ivey if he's your guy. If you want to talk about the Ravens' 1996 safeties, we can do that. Whatever you like. But uh, uh, please uh, come up with a topic. Hit me up on, uh, with a DM on Twitter. Uh, Brian, thanks again for joining us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Always fun. We'll talk to you next time. All right. Sounds on good. Film study. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.
Welcome to Prime Video's culture-rated collection. This is the place where Black is the main character, where we don't jump through hoops just to hear our voice and can fall in love with illuminating documentaries like Giannis' The Marvelous Journey. I'm just a hard worker that's trying to survive. Enjoy the animated series, The Second Best Hospital in the Galaxy. All doctors report immediately. Where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Welcome home, baby. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. I want my music to unify people. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop. This is the cleanest police car I've ever been in in my life. And BMF. You're about to take over the whole nation. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Prime Video. Find your happy place. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure.